This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone, it is the Blood Red podcast, it's Sean Bradbury and I don't think I will ever tire of saying this, Liverpool have been crowd champions of Europe for the sixth time, they've won it six times, what a weekend's been, both in Madrid and in Liverpool itself and this pod, for something a little bit different, we've had the lads, Connor, Doyle and Jay, who've been out in Madrid for the game itself, uh, so we've, you know, we've had plenty on that and of course we'll touch on the game but what we're going to focus on today is the inside story of how these incredible events played out in both cities, back home and, and in Spain. I'm almost on the effect the match had and, and the celebrations that followed. And to do that, I've got two of the very best with me uh, who had very different experiences both in Spain and back here. Uh, they are my heroes, my mates, Kiva O'Neill, and making his pod debut, it's Joe Thomas. Uh, Kiva, of course, needs no introduction to regular listeners of Blood Red. Um, Kiva's on the Echo Sport team. And Kiva, you were out there as a fan for this one, your first European final. How, how are you feeling now you're back? Well, I've lost my voice, so I'm <laughs> still waiting for that to come back. Um, just like coming onto this podcast and having to talk about it is all I want to do is talk about it all I want to do is think about it <laughs> and tweet about it if anyone follows me on my personal account probably over overdoing that a little bit but it's just the greatest feeling ever you know for this team who've done so much for us this season let alone you know in our life lifetimes as Liverpool fans and I just don't know where do you begin summing up <laughs> this experience of being a red right now and just winning the European Cup for the sixth time. And, you know, the best two days of my life growing up, I always say, was when we won the Champions League, just watched it in Birkenhead yeah. with, with my family, 2005, and then coming over to Liverpool the next day and watching the parade. So that sort of drove me to think, right, I'm going to get flights to make sure I'm back, whatever happens. So <laughs> I got my flight out there and then I got my flight back like the early hours of Sunday and they were different flights because... <laughs> Everyone was like zombies on the way back, just like taking it in and sleeping and just, yeah, living living a life of champions of Europe almost. But yeah, if I, should I talk you through me? Well, we will. Or we do you want to? No, we'll, we'll unpack these two unpack, days and just unpack. everything that happened in them in order. I don't know if I can. It <laughs> well, might we'll take try, three we'll days try. to do. I'll, I'll stay Two days and three days. <laughs> uh, with us also. As I say, making his debut today, what, what a bit of recruitment this is. I feel like Harry Redknapp, I've, I've wheeled a deal, I've got him in. It's Joe Thomas, and I'm sure most You'll people... You'll be able to call in there in a minute. Just oh, absolutely, yeah, him. yeah, live on Sky. Um, I'm sure most people who follow the Echo's coverage in general will, will know of Joe. Um, he's the Echo's crime reporter. He's, you know, most recently is, is dedicated and diligent coverage of Hillsborough. Um, you know, the, the, the criminal cases and extensively before that. He's, he's a name, at least, that will be familiar to everyone. He's, he's basically, he's the Echo's captain. If the Echo won the European Cup, this fella will be lifting that trophy up. Um, Joe, just 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 briefly before we, we properly get onto it, how, how are you feeling after this weekend? It's, it's been a busy one for you. Tired, um, <laughs> haven't stopped smiling. I just, I'm still on the ceiling. I'm still not seeing them on the roof, like all the fans <laughs> that are on the roof of the Navigator on the parade a couple of days ago. From from my perspective as a news reporter, I came into the weekend obviously looking to cover the build-up, the game, and and the aftermath from what was going on from the city's perspective. And you know, if you just sat me down on Saturday morning and said what the next forty-eight hours was going to be like, there is no way that I could have even anticipated or prepared or or have have, have dreamt that it would be anything like the the chaos, the beautiful chaos that that followed. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's just been a fantastic few days and, you know, I don't think I've slept, uh, I've not stopped smiling and I've just, every spare second that I get, I'm just there on my phone, going back through photos, going back through videos, different things, different memories. And, you know, you just, you want to share them all. Like, you know, I'm sure after a I while, <laughs> like people must get sick of it when you see it on the, on your Facebook and your Instagram and, and your Twitter, but I just keep getting all these, finding all these different snapshots from different points of the night, different points of the weekend. I just think people need to see them because, you know, it was just an absolutely phenomenal experience, you know, privilege to be part of it all. It has, it has been some weekend. So we'll, we'll wind the clock back to Friday and we'll start with you, Kiva. At the airport, you flew out from Liverpool, um, bumped into a famous face or two at the airport. Tell us about that, first of all. Yeah, so I'm at the airport, you know, having a nice little drink, thinking on my way to the Champions League final. Um, and then, so I managed to somehow get in the lounge, don't know, talk my way in, <laughs> got in there, who wanders in, uh, Jamie Carragher. So I was like, you know, I've never met Jamie before. I've obviously seen him on the pitch and seen him 
about Liverpool, but never really had like a moment just to save her with one of my heroes. So I didn't sort of, I thought, right, I'll plan this. I was just drinking gin. I was just having a little chill. I thought, I've got to plan this. I've got to like, you know, get a picture with him. But then everyone started getting pictures with him. And I thought I might as well just bombard him now while everyone else yeah. is. So I got a little selfie. Um, and then I was just sat there for ages and he was still there with his dad and his son. And I thought, I've just got to go over and have a moment here. I've just got to have a moment. Jamie Carragher, I've got to do it. And um so I was just telling him a nice little story from 2005 when the parade come through and I remember we were on Scotty Road and um, we'd like pulled up the car because we were waiting by St. George's Hall for what felt like mm. days. Um, <clears throat> bear with me voice, it'll get there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I just told him that I was looking up at the the open top bus back then and I couldn't really see anyone, you know, when you're a kid and you're just trying to make out who's who and I was thinking, where's Gerard? I can't see him, obviously. And um the next thing you know, I'm looking up and Carragher just look like leans over the bus and looks down and just gives me a thumbs up and smiles at me. And it's like a picture I'll never sort of erase from my memory. It's just etched on there. It's like, you know, my little sort of moment mm. of that day was just like, Jamie Carragher, and I'll never forget that. So I told him and he's like, oh, that's nice. Probably bored to death. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah, so then um, I said, uh, you know, just telling him about making nice bootle and Birkenhead similarities, you know, started from the bottom. And um, I managed to sort of, like, hug him in this time as well and just probably fangirl and way too much. It was probably the worst thing. He probably, yeah, I'll probably see him again. He'd be like, that's that weird girl from the airport. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he said if we win, um, he'd do an interview with me. So oh, well, there you go. I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to try and DM yeah. him or we'll something. Get him in. Yeah. We'll hold him to that. Get him in. And then on the flight, you know, Minutes later, half an hour to an hour later, you you sent us a video. I think was it was it even before takeoff? There was already yeah, it was, chance on the that plane. That was that was before takeoff, and then it was pretty much like that for the. It was weird because the flight back felt so long, but the flight there felt like it just zoomed in like a minute. Yeah, and literally everyone was just singing. There was a like a queue for the toilets, which just made it difficult to get drinks or anything. There was just like a... Co- it was like a festival on a plane. <laughs> like, it was just the maddest experience. And I bumped into a Spurs fan, the only Spurs fan um, on the plane. And I think that just sort of set up what kind of weekend it was going to be because I interviewed him and he was just saying, you know, like, he's. I think he was with his mate. He'd come from Dublin and he just had like a really good experience already and like no yeah. no hostilities or anything towards him. It was really friendly. There was a moment where um, Liverpool fans were like, you know, singing to him, like your turn to sing a song. <laughs> so he gets up and sings a song and a flight full of reds. And, you know, that was sort of a, a nice little heartwarming moment. And he was he was made up, I think, with his experience and quite brave to wear a Spurs, fa- yeah. a Spurs top, but he, he got away with it. Fair play to him. Um and then just obviously, so you got there Friday. You were you, you were there into Saturday. What was it like in the just concentrating on the build up to the game? First of all, you know the, the, the pitches and the videos we got, and you guys were doing in Madrid were just unbelievable. It was an absolute sea of red, and I saw some estimates suggesting as many, if not even more than forty thousand Liverpool fans were out there and soaking it all up. But what was what was that day like before kickoff? Look, it felt like more. It felt like a hundred thousand Liverpool fans. Yeah. I'd, I'd love if they could click, and you know, because. I think it was just 8,000 went through the airport on the Friday. So wow. how many more went through on the Saturday? How many more flew to all different parts? I know people that went to Barcelona, to Benidorm, different parts of Spain, different parts of Germany, everywhere. It seemed like Liverpool fans, you know, we've seen them come from Australia, Africa. There was fans from everywhere. And walking around Madrid just felt like walking around Liverpool <laughs> near Anfield on a match day when, you know, you start seeing everyone in the red shirts yeah. and um, we actually, I was with some Irish friends, we had a meal near to the Spurs sort of fan park and I think, you know, Spurs fans didn't bring as many fans as uh, as Liverpool did, certainly not, but um, it was just like, so I did get to see both sides of it but then when I arrived at uh, Plaza Felipe, mm-hmm. it was just, I think they said 50,000 were just in that. This is where the boss yeah, event was happening. was in that. I think James... Pierce wrote about it before, 50,000 were in that, like, square. So we got there, and it was just mad. Like, you've like scenes you've just never seen before. And this is a build-up to a game, so, you know, you've got your nerves, and you're sort of thinking, oh, we're going to do it. Like, I hope we are. You have that feeling deep down saying, we're going to do it, and then the other feeling saying, what if we don't? But uh, just, uh, like, you... Like, 
because I then go to Kev last year and everyone will have their memories of Shevchenko Park. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that was sort of a lot of fans' chance to experience that. And it was just phenomenal. Um, all the performers were great. And I went there for that long to see everyone, but just jubilant and happy. And like getting on that metro to the station was just nuts. Like they were just, Liverpool fans were just piled on and just singing and just happy and it was quite a long walk to the stadium then and it just felt like you sort of go back through it all in your mind and think whoa this is that was the greatest day of my life (laughs) and we'll come to bits that possibly are even better than that in a minute Joe let's go back to Liverpool you were as you said before you were you were covering it all for the echo and you were you were back here in in HQ what kind of scenes did you witness when you went out in in the build-up to the match in Liverpool well it was spectacular in the city centre. And again, you have this perception as to what you think it's going to be like. And then time and time again, what happens in this, this wonderful city with, with these wonderful people is they just surpass everything that you could even you know anticipate. You know, I, I came into work for, for about three o'clock on, on the Saturday afternoon. And by that point, you know, town was already full. Concert Square was packed with thousands of people. I sat in the office getting, you know, just watching stuff come in from Madrid, watching stuff come in from the city centre. And it was just utter madness. We were getting all these videos of the flares going off in the city centre, the street parties. You know Concert Square is going to be busy. You know Matthew Street is going to be busy. Yeah. But we started to get messages from the police about extra roads that they'd had to cordon off. You know, just vast swathes of the city centre just filled with, with Reds fans. And, you know, you're excited. You know, it's, it's an incredible thing to witness. There were also like, some scenes you see fans just climbing on scaffolding to, <laughs> to, you know, to celebrate and to party. This is before the game. And you're just there thinking, oh, please be safe. Like, <laughs> I hope they're safe. But throughout that build-up, it just, it, the momentum must have started building. Well, it probably started building on Friday, yeah. if we're being perfectly honest. By lunchtime, if you wanted to go anywhere that was of any note in the city centre, you, know, you were too late. Uh, <laughs> and this is still eight hours before kickoff, our, our time. It was absolutely incredible. I left the office about six o'clock to go down to the exhibition centre, Liverpool on the waterfront, which is which part of the Echo Arena complex, which is now the M&S Bank Arena, uh, which is where they had a, a massive screen showing the fans there. So I was walking down the waterfront down there with, with just thousands of Reds singing, walking down past the Albert Dock, past the Liver buildings, everything like that, sense of anticipation building, but also nerves as well, because, mm. you know, it's a huge moment, a huge moment. And, um, you know, you, you just go in through the crowds, got into the building, went through the back end, you know, got set up through the security and that. And then the mad, the mad thing for me, is I'm a news reporter. And even on Saturday night, I, I was still a news reporter. And I was there, sat there in, in, in the exhibition center uh, behind the screen 15 minutes before kickoff. And you're there and you're thinking, you know, I want to watch the match. You know, I want to have a great time, but I've also got a job to do. And, and my job, as, as much as anything, was to try and film the fans as they were reacting to things. Yeah. Obviously, your dream, your dream moment is you want to get the fans reacting to a goal. Now, as we all know, and I know we haven't quite got into, into the match yet, but couple of minutes in Liverpool score and they score from a penalty now I can tell you for a fact that there are photographers and videographers and reporters all over the world that that was the perfect moment for because it come from a penalty yeah so what you've got is you've got a moment where you know it's more likely than not the goal is going to come but you can set up you can watch the crowd you can get them as they're nervous as they're still and then you can celebrate four minutes into the game every photographer every videographer watching the crowd has got exactly what they want boxed off in terms of that respect Problem was, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> quite, quite incredibly, I wasn't there for that because 15 minutes before kickoff, as I was waiting to get in, I got pulled off because we had a bomb scare in Garston. Oh, yeah. So yeah. There was a, they, they found an unexploded World War II um, <laughs> grenade in Garston in South what a Liverpool. Time. Yeah. Exactly, what off. a time. And there I am sitting, preparing, ready, thinking I'm excited for the match. You know, and you're also, you know, you've got a job to do, and you're preparing for that. I'm sat there with my cup of coffee, get a message through from the newsroom. <laughs> You know, there's, there's roads cordoned off in Garston. The army are down there. You've got to get down there because we don't know how big it is. <laughs> so there I was in South Liverpool. The roads were just empty. Everything <laughs> was empty. There was no one. There was no hubbub around the police cordon or anything like that. Luckily, it, you know, it wasn't um, 
it wasn't a device that actually had the potential to go off. The scene was removed quickly. But, you know, that first goal and, and that dream moment from a, a film and perspective, you know, I was I was in a, a car in Garston listening to the radio as the goal went yeah. in and, and and in quite nice moments shouting over to the police officers because they were desperate to know the score. <laughs> they were Reds and obviously they weren't allowed to listen to it on the radios because they got to maintain their professionalism. But yeah, it was just the build up was mad and you, you have that sense of, uh, of anticipation and you grow and you grow and your nerves, your excitement and then to be pulled away from it like that, it was yeah, just, it yeah. was just mad. Ugh, but then, then you, this happens, and like you say, thankfully, what happened in Garston was all was all okay. It was all sorted. You found your way back there, and you know, let's do the game now, and let, let's let, let's just just do one specific moment for you that that you did film. Joe was Divock Origi's goal. Um, like you said before, the penalty, everyone knew that was coming. But there's one video that you put out there that has just gone absolutely bonkers on social media. And talk us through, like, were you just were you filming? in anticipation of something happening or how did this one come about? Well, I was on a balcony overlooking the thousands of fans that were, that were in the exhibition centre all watching the screen. As part of the our access, we weren't actually allowed to film the screen. So, you know, you have, you constantly concentrating on the fans. But because I'd come in late, I'd lost all the best vantage points. All the cameras were set up on the balcony. So I was literally just walking around behind cameramen just trying to pick and choose my moments. And... Obviously, the second goal kind of came at an interesting game. The game was, I wouldn't quite say opening out, but there was mm. a few chances were just starting to happen at, at, at both ends. And I don't know, I think as a football fan, sometimes you just get a sense that something's going to happen. So obviously, I was filming a little bit more regularly than I was. And um, I don't know, just 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 in that attack, in that moment, in the seconds before, you just, just felt like something was going to happen. So I managed to clear myself a little space, you know, over the shoulders of the people that have been there for a couple of hours. The first one's there to get their vantage points and just press record and, you know, have that beautiful moment. It's, in, it's, it's beautiful because you have that, that moment that the crowd was just so tense, the tension in the, I mean, yeah. God knows what it was like in the stadium and whatever fan parks, whatever bars you're watching, the homes all around the world. But the tension was just there because I had the goal obviously you just want to hold on to it you're just nervous <laughs> and you just get a sense of that in there and so you have the build up the silence so just the just the watching and then just that absolute eruption that moment of joy when you got it and I think for a video to to, to capture the reaction you need that moment of uncertainty before it yeah. not, we don't know what's going to happen next and then to get the full moment of, of when they erupt luckily I was able to capture that and I think so far I think that's clocked up over two and a half million oh, views so it, it's incredible if anyone's not seen this that it's the video for which the phrase limbs everywhere was, was created <laughs> it's just it's just insane so you know go on Joe's Twitter go on the Echo website and check it out um right back to Madrid Kiva Joe's been talking about the game there and how it panned out what was it like? And you know, maybe let's focus on on those two goals, the early one for Salah, that late one for Origi. What it was like in between? Did what did it feel like after that first one? Was it was it kind of well, tension lifted? I don't like an early goal. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm yeah, you there. I just think if you score an early goal, then they're going to score. And but it didn't come that way, obviously. But you just have that feeling. But I love that early goal. That was the best early goal I've ever seen because <laughs> it's like Istanbul as well. You know, you get the penalty, Alonso's penalty. Then you get the moment to celebrate and scoring it, you know. And it felt like that. So we, we celebrated like it was a goal. Mm. And then we celebrated the goal. And it just felt like that release of just tension. And do you know what? Maybe we'll we will go and win this game 4-0. You know, confidence. It didn't fail at any point, which is, you know, I'm traditionally don't score an early goal, don't really like them. But <laughs> in that moment, it just felt wonderful. And, you know, the build up to the game, you never walk alone. Like, you know, you, you dream when you're a fan to be in a stadium and experience them moments and you were there. But at the same time, it's almost this like beautiful blur. You just can't, you sort of take little moments and you're thinking, what is what actually happened in that game? Like, you can't really remember. And obviously, as a football fan, you know, as soon as you see a goal, you sort of turn and celebrate with who's by it. I was sat on my own, but met a lovely fella next to me and a little lad behind me, who's Lennon, who slept for the whole game. He had a headache and wasn't too well. Woke him up. I made his dad wake him up at the end. I said, <laughs> wake him up. The pool about to win the European Cup. Um, and then again, when Origi scored, as you say, Joe, it just felt like another release of tension because then I just turned to the fans and said, we, we've won it, we've done it. 
because you just knew. And I think it was like 86 minutes and then those five minutes out of time. You know, Spurs, there was enough time for them. We've seen them score late mm. goals and you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, Liverpool didn't play well, but that doesn't matter. And people that go on about that, just, you know, we won the European Cup, it doesn't matter how we won it. I was holding on for that 1-0, winning it in, you know, however, 22 seconds or whatever when yeah. Mane gets that penalty which was really unfair but you know you just take it because you're a Liverpool fan and you you know you do feel sorry for the Spurs fans but you know we've we've won it and that just after and I was by up to the, like the, the top left behind the goal my left I don't know I'm lost anyway but <laughs> there's a big screen and like some studios and like so after you know we've won it and you just you're trying to film bits as well because you know that you need to sort of recapture and like you want a part of this like you know phones are like these awful things now that like where everyone's holding up the phone but it is a nice thing because you get to take away something from yeah. that moment that you you know it's nice in your memory but you know it's nice to have a refresher isn't it which like I think Adam Lallana posted like you said earlier you're constantly scrolling through all the weekend's pictures and videos and it's nice to have that mm. um and then I remember like Henderson was about to lift it and I was sort of like, there was people looking at the screen and I was like, should I look at the screen? Because it would, because there's like side on, so you can't really see them. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I've got to see this with my eyes. I've got to burn this image onto my eyes, even if I am like in the heavens of what is an absolutely beautiful stadium, by the way. Um, but yeah, I just want to mention as well, I said to you before, um, outside the stadium. So my first Liverpool game was in 2010, I think it was, when we played Atletico Madrid um, in the semi-final of the Europa League, I think it was. Diego Forlan scored and broke our hearts that night. Um, but I went to that match with a friend from school, Becky Bell, and her dad, Rob. And so I'm outside the stadium and I just, I bumped into them and I was just like, oh my God. It was just so fitting to know that like I went to my first ever game at Anfield with them watching Liverpool play at Atletico Madrid and now I'm watching Liverpool play at Atletico Madrid's ground and I've just bumped into these people who took me to my first game. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of them moments that just sort of weaved in. Um, I used to live in Madrid for a little bit and I was there when Brendan Rodgers um, left and we got Jürgen Klopp and his first game was obviously Tottenham and I watched that outside the Bernabeu in like a sports bar near and then went went and watched Real Madrid play mm. on that day and you know we played Tottenham that day nil nil draw I think it was and I was in Madrid and I didn't think you know obviously we lost to Real Madrid last year you just think I think everyone's got them sort of stories how this moment feels like it just came together at the right time especially for you know people who've lost people as well stuff like that there's yeah. so many emotional stories that people have why they were there and just it just felt like a coming together and, you know, just, uh, can we just talk about it forever? Because I just <laughs> well, never, never want to stop talking about it. It is poetry. It was, it was, it was something incredible. Joe, that, that big release that Kiva's talking about there and, you know, Divock Origi effectively sealing it, it, it led to some incredible celebrations, obviously in Madrid, which we'll come back to, but town afterwards, what, what was it like on the streets of Liverpool? It was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just one big mad party. Remember coming out of the of, of, of the arena and of that complex, walking through the Albert Dock with you know, with all the fans coming out and you know, looking for vantage points, trying to film things and get people together. And it, it wasn't quite happening; like everyone was buzzing, but there was. But I think everyone was just just knackered and just kind of just in that immediate aftermath of the final. So you have your your bursts, and I think people were just trying to comprehend what had gone yes. on, and then. You know, we, we got out, got to the Strand, the main road, going through the city centre, uh, and most people were heading through Liverpool 1. It becomes a bit of a, a myriad, a, a labyrinth of pathways and people going off down different directions. Crowd was starting to disperse and I was starting to get a little bit nervous that it was people just going to go off home and things like that and there wasn't going to be any amazing scenes after it. Walked through Liverpool 1 and just found out no matter what direction people had gone <laughs> off in initially, everybody had somehow managed to refine themselves just on, on Church Street, like outside um, the stores Forever 21 and that. And it was just, it was just bonkers. <laughs> yeah, just mad, these spontaneous street parties happening every couple of 
hundreds of meters you know you just have hundreds of fans dancing around someone with a camera or there'd be a tv camera and everybody be going around it or someone would have a drum and that and they would be the focal point or you would have a busker doing liverpool songs and everyone singing around them it was just mad and I, so many flares so many flags like the sky was just filled with everything like you could hear everything you could taste everything you could smell everything and just for the next two or three hours i just basically went from one part of the city center to the next part of the city center. not even landmarks like, as i say it wasn't like they'd, they'd all gone outside saint george's hall or outside the bombed out church which they did to some extent you know a lot of these things were just happening in the most random of places you would just find yourself in a in a, in a melee a scrum of hundreds of people having the best time of their life, one of the best ever experiences, just singing Ale, 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 waving scarves around the head, shirts were coming off, you know, and just everybody smiling. And I think that's what I remember most about just everybody being so happy and just partying together with their friends, with their families, with their strangers. You know, and amidst all this, you, you get all these random, like I saw so many hen parties, which <laughs> You know, obviously Liverpool's nightlife is famous and as a result you get a lot of Henningstag parties and, and there will have been hen parties that were there because of the football. But there were also some that were clearly had booked miles in advance and didn't have a clue what was going on. And watching them pick their way through the carnage, some of them getting involved, some of them just looking confused because they hadn't anticipated it. <laughs> it was just one of the many mad moments of the night. But you know, Church Street was was mad. Remember everyone wants their photos, yeah. You know, getting stopped by people from, you know, from anywhere from Newcastle to Holland to, you know, to, to Africa, just hearing all the different voices of people that hadn't been able to get to Madrid, but had then come to Liverpool to celebrate it as well. Because I think, you know, tens of thousands did actually come to Liverpool mm. because they couldn't be in Madrid because they wanted that kind of atmosphere. They wanted that solidarity. And what They got it, you know, Church Street was mad. Again, you know, went over to Hanover Street and, and that was mad. You know, they just had to block it off the traffic because you had no chance of going through there. I went down to Central Station at about half past 11, which is when the last train start on the Mersey Rail start going, you know, back off to, to, to Fizakali and over to Wirral and up to Southport. And, you know, people just giving up on last minute trains. You could <laughs> see people just caught in that mindset. Do I get the last train home? Or do I look at that party outside the Sainsbury's around a little statue of the live bird and I do join that in? And for 99% of the people there, there was only one winner. And again, it was a big scrum. Ale, 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 all the different songs, you know, Van Alden, Van Dyke, just everybody singing for their heroes, everybody arm in arm, arms around each other. Yeah, like I suggested earlier, I'm still going back through the videos of, of that night. And one of the things that was frustrating is because I think we were live blogging the reaction, obviously, in Madrid. And, and in Liverpool. So you're trying to supply pictures and you're trying to supply a video to, um, back to your newsroom, but you just couldn't send anything through. You couldn't share because everybody's just yeah. on the networks. And I, got, so I just keep going back and find another video that I thought I'd sent, another video that's in my drafts because Twitter couldn't handle it. <laughs> and, you know, that's it. Like, I still feel like I'm living that night right now yeah. because every time I stop and take a break, like another image just comes off. It was just... It was just amazing. And, you know, I probably stayed out till about one o'clock just going around different things. And, you know, I remember just, I remember walking back to the office, which obviously in Liverpool City Centre, knowing that I had to, to try and sum up what I'd seen. You know, obviously everybody's writing about the football. It was my job to try and, you know, write about what the, the scenes afterwards, mm. the party, what happened in the city. And just, you know, you, you're walking back towards a business district and you think, right, we're moving away from, from Clubland, moving away from the main focal points and just, and still seeing just little spontaneous, you know, it's just three, four hours after the final whistle and people have still got flares going off in the most random of places. <laughs> you know, I just got back to the office and, you know, I just sat down and, you know, I started trying to write it and, and it was, well, actually it was quite easy to write because it was just so incredible. And I think everyone... You know, the adrenaline was still pumping. And you know what? In my job, obviously, you said in Crime Report, I write a lot of, of, of sadness and tragedy, you know, but I also like to write, be able to write about the good times as well. And, and this was just a privilege to be able to write about something that was just such a joyous occasion and to have been part of it as well, you know, not watching from the sidelines, not being someone who's watching on TV and watching another city or another team celebrate. Mm. Obviously, nowhere else could do it as well as Liverpool. But, you know, this this... This was here. We were part of it and it was just a privilege. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. That's Liverpool. Let's see if Madrid can beat that. Kiva, what was what was the main emotion coming out after that game? I mean, it, it, it was a little bit of a strange one watching it here, obviously. You know, 
heavy Liverpool fan in this city was absolutely delighted. But because of the way the match was, it wasn't the greatest game. The, the players have themselves have you know admitted that. But then did that did that change after Rigi's goal and then the celebrations afterwards? Did that just carry on into the night in Spain? I think it was that just from that goal there was just there was a little bit of nerves and tension. A few balls were crossed in, and you sort of like have these sort of moments, and you just I think Allison like caught one and just took it to the ground. And everyone was just sort of like putting their hands out, like yeah, take it to the ground and just keep it there <laughs> forever. Um, let this whistle blow. Um, but yeah, just euphoric to be honest. Being in that stadium, I didn't want to leave, but I had a flight at three thirty-five, and I thought all the Spurs fans obviously filtered out quite quickly. Um, so you know, you're just left with these thousands of Liverpool fans. You're singing, you know, when the, the players come over and they're singing, you'll never walk alone like they did the night at Barcelona at Anfield. And you know, you just sort of you you put your phone away for moments like that, and you just watch and you just take that in and you look around you and you hugging different people. You like I was on my own. I didn't really, you know, I'm I'm seeing different people that have like sort of. You know, you you get to know your little group around mm. you and you're just sort of enjoying it and celebrating it with them. Um, but then, of course, I was mindful. I had to go and catch a flight, which was, I'm never doing that again. Because <laughs> yeah, the city was just mad. But then coming out the stadium after leaving that behind, it was, it was like this weird sort of afterlife of winning a Champions League final. Everyone was just sort of, like stunned by it and just exhausted, I think emotionally and just mentally, just physically drained. The the sun, it was so, so hot that day. I think it felt like the hottest day I've ever felt. It was so hot. And I think I was, everyone was dehydrated. They ran out of water in the stadium. I was drinking iced tea. It was just like, it was just, I think, you know, it just took a toll on everyone, but in the best kind of way. We yeah. wasn't, you know, God love the Spurs fans. They were, that toll got taken out of them as well, but they weren't on cloud nine or cloud six, shall I say, <laughs> like we were, you know. So getting back to the airport was mad. I had to get the metro and then um, head back to the city, even the city centre, even though the airport's really close to the Wanda. Um, then managed to just somehow get a taxi. Just felt like I was never making me flight, but <laughs> got there, I think, with like an hour and a half to spare. So it was all right, but it was just... You know, you could hear pockets of people singing, but the main sort of thing was just this feeling of relief. Yeah. yeah. And you just, you were looking around, you're thinking, God, I didn't expect the reaction to be so, not muted, but just so, like, still. It was almost everyone was just, you know, trying to get to places. And then obviously I can't speak for Madrid. I've seen some videos of a lot of fans who were gathering in the, the place Real Madrid go to celebrate mm. when they win. I'll have to go then go there as well. Just to sort of, you know, we got beat by them last year. Now we're in your city <laughs> celebrating where you celebrate and we're doing it now. So, you know, that was that was such an amazing feeling for Liverpool fans, I'm sure, who partied into the night in Madrid. But um, I flew back and pretty much everyone was just asleep. You know, everyone, I think, on that flight was gearing up to the parade then yeah. because you're thinking you know we're going to experience this next amazing yeah. thing which you're so blessed and lucky to be not only in Madrid but to have a ticket and be at the match but then to get back and experience a little taste of you know Saturday night in Liverpool because yeah. obviously being in Madrid's great I wouldn't say Liverpool's the next best thing because I think it's the best thing as well yeah I think anywhere you was the, we seen pictures from Denmark and you know places I think Oh, All the videos, Indonesia. yeah, just unbelievable just, scenes. Just mad, yeah. like you know, if you didn't already know, Liverpool is the biggest football club mm. in the world. Well, yeah, indeed. And then you know, Kiva comes back, everyone comes back, they wake up the next day, <laughs> Sunday morning. It's true, Liverpool have actually done it. And then, as Kiva said, you know, the the, the parade is there. Um, Joe, you were the man for the Echo on the media bus uh, following the parade round in it in its wake. Uh, for anyone who hasn't read Joe's piece yet, it, you know he's already talked about the one he wrote after Saturday night. But please just go and look at all the pictures of the parade on the Echo website and read Joe's piece about what this was like, which I'm now going to ask him to speak about. But it's just great. It's probably probably the, for me the, one of the best things I've, I've ever read on the Echo website. It just totally nails what what this day was like. And Joe, you you described it as in this piece of one of the greatest journeys ever taken through the streets of the city. You had a great spec for it. You were you were on the open top bus behind the players. What what was it like? One of the greatest journeys through the greatest city in the world. <laughs> you know, that's all you need to say, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And I was fortunate enough to be on the media bus. So it, if anybody 
was there they would have seen three buses if you if you look at the pictures and the images you tend to see two buses because we were slightly in front of everyone and on the first bus was was photographers and one or two reporters second bus obviously the players and the trophy and the third bus was kind of vip friends and families and you know i can remember when i knew i was working the weekend obviously the dream was to be involved in the parade but watching it from a great vantage point because i anticipated someone obviously like like james pierce would be on on the bus and that was initially the plan but i got the call up about about half past 11 on sunday morning shift was due to start at three o'clock and i was thinking ahead into you know somewhere on the waterfront uh, like a rooftop to look down on on the end of it the, mm. the strand i remember getting this phone call from 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 joe rimmer just being like, oh, look, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to come in a bit earlier if possible. And just being like, all right, okay. Um, yeah, we just need you on the bus. Is that okay? And just been thinking, like, my mind just blown. Thinking, <laughs> Is that okay? Like, of course it's okay. Like, you know, it's it's a highlight of, of a lifetime. So he didn't need to ask twice. Didn't no. need to ask <laughs> twice. And over the next half an hour, I, I, I kept getting phone calls from the office just around different arrangements. And every single time I was thinking, they're pulling me off. They're pulling me <laughs> off. Someone else is going to do it. Oh, no. And, um, but fortunately, that didn't happen. And uh, it was just... A brilliant, brilliant experience. And it, it started, I mean, it was just so surreal. And, and what we had to do to give you a bit of insight into from, from my journey. So me and a photographer from the Echo, Andy Tebe, we, we went to uh, the Stanley Car Park near Anfield. And we got put on one of the, the club coaches and then driven to what was supposed to be the secret starting point of the parade, which was the Police Training Academy on Mather Avenue in Allison. And this was you know, one of those fancy buses that's got aircon and toilets, you know, it's it's it's, it's not your, your normal one that we ride on and had tinted windows. So we're driving to the starting point or the meeting point, not even the starting point, it's supposed to be secret, but by by three o'clock on Sunday, it must have been the worst kept secret in <laughs> Liverpool because there were so many fans just there ready to greet the bus. And we were the first one to arrive. We arrived before the players and there was just this, just, this this mad scene where we arrive, fans just start mobbing the bus thinking that we're the players. <laughs> We've got the tinted windows so they can't see inside to see that we're not the players. We're looking out trying to trying to calm people's expectations, but they can't see us. And uh, unfortunately, because there were so many fans, it made the driveway too tight for the bus to turn in. So we had this uh, this ridiculous moment where the bus driver actually took us 20 yards down the ro- down the road all the fans followed us down and then we get off the bus and all these fans expecting to see Klopp and Van Dyke and Henderson. Not journalists. And that. <laughs> they got me, like, which I think, which, which I felt sorry for them that followed. But looking back right now, I wonder if we were a bit of a decoy because about 20 seconds later, yeah. the team bus came in and because the driveway had been cleared, it was able just to swing in lovely. But even that was great because it just stopped momentarily and, Although the side windows are tinted, the front window isn't. You could see big ears there in the front and like the fans started singing and then you couldn't see the players, but you could hear the players banging on the windows back at the fans. Oh. Like, you know, they were acknowledging them. Like, they were brilliant throughout. But even from that, even though the, the fans couldn't see inside the bus, they were still acknowledging them. Oh. And then we had this, uh, we, we went into the car park, a training academy, obviously away from the fans. And it was all quieter and the players get off the bus and they, they were greeted by by uh, Joe Anderson and Steve Robertson, Rotherham, the respective mayors for the area. And, um, you know, they climbed onto the coach and, you know, that was a nice moment. Obviously, didn't really get to speak to the players, but, you know, got to say congratulations to a mm. couple uh, like, you know, Origi and, and, and Manny and that. And they were just all smiles. But, but at that point, I think, you know, because this is, you know, an open top parade for a city, it's enormous for any player you know any fan any player and not every player gets to do it and I think even they there was a moment just as they were getting on the bus when everyone just seemed to be taking it all in and just seemed a bit quiet almost it wasn't like they were singing away from the fans I think they were there just getting ready for it and actually had their own kind of sense of anticipation around it because you know obviously you know it's something that everybody dreams of and they I don't I don't think they knew what to expect but Obviously, seen the pictures from you know the parade after Istanbul, so had an idea of what happened back then. But again, just like just like Saturday in the build-up, just like Saturday in the aftermath, you know Sunday just exceeded all expectations. You know, we had the we we left the training academy, um, went through the initial group of fans that had found out about the starting point, and then drove to the official starting point, um, which 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 was 
again, still in South Liverpool. And at this point, the roads were a bit quieter. And you're just there and you're thinking, you know, in my mind, I had the strand, mm. you know, the finishing point. We've seen it from, you know, one of the great things about this city is it has so many great moments and, and so many great public moments. And, you know, only recently we've had we've had the Giants and everybody would have seen the amazing photos from the strand of, of when they proceeded down it. And you have you know, tens of thousands of people either side. You've got the live building in the background. You've got a waterfront there. And so I was looking towards that and thinking, you know, obviously the parade route will be good. Mm. But I didn't really anticipate it to be exceptional. And then we got to the turn in uh, down Allerton Road onto Queen's Drive. And that was, you know, we were about five minutes into the journey. You know, a journey that would go on to last several hours. And it was the first glimpse of, of the utter... The, the the size, the enormity of everything. There were just fans everywhere, and this was just a, this was pretty much the first junction on the first stint of, of the parade, and they were just you know they just went back for for you know rows and rows of people just singing. They had their phones out, smiling. You know you got you'll never walk alone going. And then you got Ale Ale Ale, and you got you know Jeannie Wilder, and. It was just, it was just mad. You got flares, you got people just everywhere taking every single vantage point. And the first stint at Queen's Drive was was great because it was the first, it was the first straight bit that went on for quite a long time. Yeah, where there were fans constantly there, and you know, you, you see how obviously at Anfield you got Klopp always as the treble fist pump at the end. Well, by this point, it was the treble trophy list, <laughs> and yeah, you, know, you had between us and the coach of the players on there was a. There was a little truck. You can't see it in most of the photos, but it was a, effectively it was a, a mobile a mobile pyro platform. You know, shooting off fireworks and ticker tape and things like that, and just going down the first set of Queen's Drive, fans either side, and you got you know Klopp, he'd, he'd leave a moment, so then he he'd lift it up, then <clears> twice, then three times, <laughs> and it was just incredible. And that was just that was just a start. You know, I, I think you know, for the next few hours, I was absolutely blown away by. Not just the size of the crowd, but the consistency of the crowd. Yeah. You know, this went on for miles. This did the ring route road around Liverpool before coming into the city centre. Not to forget the thousands still travelling back from Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And the thousands that would have already had to start making their way back on Sunday morning and, you know, from whatever they, in the UK they'd come to watch the match in. You know, it was just, it was just chaos. And there were... It was, you, know, you had so many generations there and they're going past, because they're going past people's houses. So, you know, you got, you got the kids there with their parents, who are there with their parents. Everybody's smiling. Everyone's having a wonderful time. Everyone just can't wait to see the players. They're all looking at each other backwards. It's like um, back and face to face. And then you've got people on, on the street furniture, you know, like people sitting on, I've never seen so many people sitting on, on traffic. I've never seen anyone sit on a traffic light before, <laughs> yeah. but I actually it looked like quite a comfortable spec. I saw so many people doing it. I could figure out how they'd managed to wedge themselves in. <laughs> and you, you had people on traffic lights, you had people on speed cameras, you had people obviously on rooftops and windows, people on cherry pickers, people on ladders, just any way possible to get the best vantage point people were taking. And and the atmosphere as we went, it was it was a carnival. It was brilliant. You know, people just never stopped singing, never stopped chanting, never stopped clapping. The joy was there for everyone to see. The the utter emotion, you know, it just carried it started at that police academy, it just carried its way all the way through to the strand, which which was absolutely incredible. Well, Joe's uh, kind of managed to put it all into words there, but as I said before, just have a look on the Echo website, come and Come and see some of the scenes that Joe's described that you know realized in video and pictures. The, the pictures were the ones that amazed me. There was one in particular I tweeted out of of um around the waterfront and it, it looked just like a where's Wally kind of image <laughs> where, you know, just I've never seen that many people that are photographers managed to get in one shot and um yeah, just just incredible stuff. Okay, so meanwhile, Kiva, you've arrived back. Uh we've learned from your mum on Twitter that you came back, you you had some chicken selects and you were ready to go again. Go we you, go again. You go we go again. Uh, you did the double. You were out there in in Madrid, and then you you got yourself turned around, and you were out at the parade. Whereabouts did you go and watch it? And what was it like? Um, so we sort of headed into the city centre. All the trains were stopping at Central, so you had no sort of choice to get off there, and then just sort of walk through. And it just felt like there was just thousands of people sort of heading towards. And it was, I think it was about four, so or after four, so the parade had already started. But I knew, you know, these things take hours, don't they, to get close to the city centre. So I thought, I've got to be sort of towards the end of it. But then I got a message from my mate Danny, who grew up with, and we 
Um, he was my best mate growing up, and we suppose that's when we sort of started falling in love with Liverpool and playing football on the street. And I thought it'd be really fitting to just go and watch it with him. And I think his uncle was there and some mates. And then, um, so that was I think Lead Streetway is that like mm. the corner yeah, just yeah. approaching the Strand, isn't it? Like, so I thought that'd be good. And then we'll sort of follow the coaches as they come through the buses. Um, as they arrived, you just. The crowd was just sort of everyone, you know, people are drinking and just like a nice party atmosphere. I had a few, a few cans myself to get me <laughs> get me through. Um, yeah, it was just like there was just people everywhere. You, there wasn't a place people wa- like hadn't found a place to climb. I even like stood up on like railings to get a better view. It was just like you just wanted to be closer. Everyone wanted to have their moment where they just saw the trophy and the players and, you know, as they come past, it was just amazing. And then pretty much there was thousands of people just following them. So we sort of jumped into this melee of like just hundreds of people, thousands of people sort of, you know, turning on to the strand. And it was just absolutely madness. There was just people everywhere, kids. You were just sort of, but then I'd lost everyone then. So it was just, I'm making my way <laughs> on my own, just thinking I'm following this bus. I want to see, you know, there's pyro going off. You can't breathe. Your lungs are filled with red smoke and you, you know, you're walking. And then there was this moment and the sun's just sort of like, it's like overcast, but the sun's like sort of coming through the clouds and you're just sort of behind these buses. As you say, there was three of them and, you know, there's all this confetti coming through the air and we're walking and the wind's blowing it towards us. And this, so you're in this like moment of all this red tape and red smoke. And you're just like in this like other world that like you've dreamed of all your life. And for since 2012, when we last won a, the League Cup, we've, we, you know, last year we dreamed of having this moment, these moments, and now we had them. And it was just spectacular. And I think the moment for me when it just went wow was when the live bird just was billowing red oh, smoke yeah. was billowing out and I just thought and you just sort of it was like I think that was a moment the crowd just went oh and you could just say everyone look at the live a bit look at the live yeah, a bit that moment they played you'll it, never walk alone and as it was well, just and... yeah like you know you can't even explain how special it was and then like you say after it sort of finished and gone there was still people just lying in the streets still and singing and you know and then the party went on into that night and you know what a weekend. Yeah. It was just absolutely phenomenal. And, and like, I think everybody would have expected the climax on the strand to be like that. But, you know, I don't think I'll ever get over just how good it was in the hours before then. You know, places like, like you know, if, if you get a chance to have a look at the videos, Chilled Wall Five Ways, you know, I've never seen oh, anything like it. Unbelievable, Never one. seen anything like it. You know, we got there, we'd, we'd be coming down Queen's Drive already and, you know, being greeted by fantastic scenes. But, you know, Chilled Wall Five Ways was just absolutely bonkers there were people everywhere and you were just you know you were going into into the flare smoke before you even got there and then you know other places like you know the, the jolly miller junction on queen's drive was mad the navigator you know the navigator you had people on roofs that were on top of roofs <laughs> it was just people coming out of windows people on on machinery you know i think the navigator you could hear the crowd before you could even you know before you could even see them and it was just, it was just exceptional. I mean, it's a slightly surreal experience being on the media bus because we were first. So you're going through the crowd. You're the first one people are seeing. People are getting excited. You see people looking up at you and cheering at you. And, and you know, it's quite surreal because there are a lot of people probably there thinking, right, it's not the players. Who, who, who is that up there? Is, is that, should we be clapping them? Is, is, are they backroom staff? Is, is that an, anal- an analyst? Is that, is that the kit man? <laughs> like, I think I'll be on uh, thousands of photos that have been taken of me on Sunday night that would have then quickly been deleted when people <laughs> realised that actually I was just a nobody, but I was a nobody getting to part to take. Don't worry, Joe. I don't think anyone's deleting any pictures oh, no. this weekend. No, no. But it was, it, it was absolutely, it was just exceptional. Just all that, that full parade, those full hours. And then at the end of it on, on the strand, there was, again, this bizarre moment when it kind of ended just past the Baltic Fleet um, pub. And what happened then was the the coach of the players on pulled to the front of the queue of, of the three of us and the one with the VIPs went on as well. And the police gave them an escort off into the sunset and just left the media bus. So what happened was all the fans that had been following the players down then just surrounded the media bus. And we couldn't move for about an hour 
because everybody was just surrounding us and just singing and it was just brilliant and it's like even by that point they clocked on to the fact that we obviously weren't important it was just still <laughs> the celebration it was the you know the boss with the six european cups on the side with european royalty emblazoned on the side of it, it still became a focal point for the celebration it didn't matter that the players had gone you know the party continued it, it was just incredible right well one last question for you Kiva, and we'll finish on this um all the other thing that's just been incredible, I mean, you guys have mentioned it, but all the images, the videos of the players and even, you know, Linda Pizzuti, the, the owners, everyone connected with the club has, has put on. So, ah, Linda, incredible. What what they put on social media, I, I genuinely get the sense that they, a lot of them, obviously, this is, you know, one of their one of their first big trophy wins, certainly their first experience of doing so with Liverpool. It feels like they've been blown away by it. And, you know, everyone's, everyone's hoping, every Liverpool fan is hoping that this is the trophy that, really kind of kicks the team um, into gear and, and it can you know, be really the start of something under Jürgen Klopp. Do you, do you get that sense from what you witnessed this weekend? Do you think that next season could even top this one? Coming out of that stadium, I thought, we're going to win everything now. And then <laughs> I spoke to Dan Kay before and I said, Dan, we're not going to win only every game and every trophy ever, but we're going to win every ball. We're not going to give the <laughs> ball away ever again. That's the feeling you get. These are, you know, say about the Giants, these are Giants now, the legends. And, you know, the reaction even from the owners, I think I think everyone was taken back, but we knew. I said on a podcast, I think last week, maybe with Fitzy on Poetry Emotion, I said, you know, what's going to happen when Liverpool hopefully win the Champions League in this city? Will, you know, it'll echo around the world and people, it'll echo on the echo. Um, people will then realise, you know, what would have happened if we would have won the league. I think this was sort of that... Winning the Champions League sort of made up for that. We, you know, we'd be in a totally different place now if this hadn't happened because of, you know, that despair that we sort of felt. It was like a hangover, but we didn't really... I didn't really feel a loss of, like, losing the league by a point because we had something to look forward to. And then they gave us it, you know, we, we won it. So that sort of dejection and the sadness of coming so close there, it sort of gets erased in a mad way because... You know, we did this and this is so special. But now, surely these players, you know, none of these are going to leave. Why would you leave Liverpool? It's the best place to be right now. You don't want to leave. And, you know, going forward, Jürgen Klopp, I just, I can't see us not winning the Premier League next season on the back of this because, you know, you've seen them fans that these players, we said going into that game, they will not want to lose like they did in Kiev because that feeling, they just, won't want to replicate that because it was just you know it was it was horrible to see them and the, I that was the one thing getting me through thinking you know we're going to beat Tottenham because these players are so determined not to lose and not to feel the same way again and now I just know that that'll drive them now that we've you know accomplished this great absolutely miraculous thing that we're just going to go again and you know I, Super Cup next then the uh, the charity shield it'll be like a, a nine week treble after four seasons of, <laughs> of of no trophy and it just literally to be a Liverpool fan right now there's 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 no better place and you know you hear Man City fans saying you know we've done the the treble and you know historic and but you know this is Liverpool and this is how we do it and you know just you can't I can't even I'm done <laughs> I'm done <laughs> well, I'm signing off it's that's just... fine that we will leave it there we're done the podcast is done on that inspirational message we will we will sign off uh, thanks to Kiva and Joe for you know, putting what was it's just an absolutely incredible weekend into words um, and yeah let roll on next season when Liverpool are going to win the league and win every single ball thank you for listening You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.